Welcome, listeners, to A Night of Shreds and Patches, an immersive actual play podcast. This episode features the talents of... Penn Van Batavia as... Marathon Messenger. Kit Adamas as... Birdie Foundling. Cameron Robertson as... Emma Blackwood. Sydney Whittington as... Cassidy Shard. Allie Nesbitt as... Randare. Kira Nesbitt as... Cypheravex. Nick Robertson as GM and narrator. Hello, listeners. This is your editor, Sydney, with today's messages. We're excited to announce that Penn, our resident trans tabletop role-playing game designer, has released a new game, Slice It Out. Slice It Out is a dark, queer, two-player TTRPG about the harm pointed toward community members who are different. The game uses a unique rip-and-cut mechanic to explore how individuals cut out parts of themselves to fit in. Slice It Out can be found at penharper.itch.io. In fair words, come, let me take you on a journey of self-destruction. I want to tear you apart until it is no more. And if you're not in a place where that's your game, but you are in a place of wanting to throw some support our way, consider leaving us an iTunes review, which helps us find new listeners, or even backing our Patreon, which gives you access to bonus episodes, campfire conversations, and other fun rewards. And with that, we wrap up today's announcements and head into Season 2, Episode 27, The Line in the Sand. And so, join us, for now our tale to yours attaches, to carry hope, a night of shreds and patches. with the adventure. They didn't think Emma knew enough to check out the thing. We didn't think they should interrupt her. And Marathon thought we should all maybe slow down. So, of course, just in time, the arm monster, made of all of the parts I didn't grab, showed up and attacked. We fought it off long enough for Emma to hit the kill switch, which, you know, convenient, how she was already elbow deep in it to do that. A few more kind words were exchanged, some first aid was administered, and we found the scanny thing for the cipher, which Emma hand-delivered to Cyphera. Mission accomplished. Now for the most mercenary of tasks, to get paid... First thing we see is the town of Glacelf from above. Seabirds pass between the point of view and the small town below. The town is nestled into a isolated lagoon that then passes out into the Glacelf Sea, currently devoid of ice, but still looking chilly in the stiff breeze. Much of the town has architecture shaped and inspired by the flow of water around it. There are occasional ripples in the sea nearby where large carp-like fish push above the surface to eye people passing on the streets. 
a bright line has been painted down the center street of the town of Glacelf, and from the view high above, we can see that the populations have kept themselves separated into two different groups. It has been almost two days since the events in the Erie Data Transformation Incorporated facility. Both Rand and Cyphera and the Patna have made their way back to Glacelf. Over this course of time, what has everyone been up to while recovering from the exploration of the facility? Birdie found her way back to Gretchen, who was probably out on her porch as she normally was, and just sat by her and talked to her for a while because she reminded her of home and successfully returned with a new sweater for Marathon after her previous outfit had been somewhat ruined by her new pet. Cyphera has been spending her time reviewing the information that they were able to pull from the facility, possibly spending more time cross-referencing with everything that they have available to them, including all the data that they didn't have in the facility itself. And I think she's been spending time scoping out the town just to see how the contentious situation has been developing, keeping an eye on the Patna, staying on the periphery of interactions unless people are seeking her out resupplying. I don't think Ren has been seen outside of the trailer since the respective groups got back to town, but the door has been propped open and there have been a lot of electrical sparks reflecting from inside, which is kind of weird with the panels on the outside. We see Marathon on the side of town that's a little more industrial. It's a little bit greasier and more run down in the alleyways in between, in the liminal spaces. And she's got a fresh change of clothes, a nice green cable knit sweater, and she's doing pull-ups off of some industrial bars sticking out of one of these buildings. And we can see a little lump with a matching green sweater on her shoulder as she's doing these pull-ups, talking to her jolly jogger as it just opens and closes its mouth. Without much thought, repeatedly. Emma, once they got back to town, briefly took a quick walk to go and update Meyer on a brief summary of what we found in the facility. Not providing a lot of info to make it sound like he should go there, but providing the agreed upon information about what the weird square is. And then... With that errand complete, she has spent the rest of the time in the back of the rig inventorying all of her new toys and is just camping back there. Cassidy, after getting back to town in an attempt to rebalance all of her heightened emotions, has taken the motorcycle and her climbing bag and driven out of town following the river looking for cliffs. And we get a shot of the Patna's motorcycle and her bag leaned up against each other at the top of a cliff with Cassidy down at the bottom, climbing up, looking like she is getting out her problems by physical activity. And the next thing we see is a meeting at a pre-agreed time and place. Marathon and Birdie approach the line that divides Glacial into two separate factions. 
And from the other side, approaching this boundary line, we see Ren and Cypherra, and they're carrying two packages wrapped in butcher paper and bound in twine. Marathon is at least approaching with her hands behind her back in this green sweater that fits her form pretty nicely. And she's got this shaggy red mullet growing out at this point. So it makes a good contrast. And she's approaching with her hands behind her back, almost like the energy of someone who doesn't usually go to business meetings, trying to be very businessy. And this jolly jogger is waddling alongside her. Birdie is trailing a little bit behind. She feels a little bit silly about the argument that took place a few days ago and is still a little residually bashful about the whole conflict that happened and is just kicking this rock along that she found and keeping her eyes on the ground for a moment. Seyfer is standing a little bit in front of Ren, not necessarily in like a protective stance, but she's holding her portion of the parcels. And I think as the two approach them, she set the bag on the ground and she's standing there with folded arms surveying the area around them, but she doesn't seem overly angry or hostile. And she nods to both of them as they approach the metallic fingers that are cinched to her left hand and attached over the back are rolling lightly on her arm. So there's just this continuous sound of whirring servos as the fingers twiddle. It seems like Cypher only has two or three sets of clothing, or maybe she has multiple sets that look identical, but she's still wearing a faded pair of brown culottes. She has a crop top that's a torn white, definitely been through the ringer more than two or three or four or five or six times. Her hair is bound in a braid with the feathers interwoven as it has been, and the fin that serves as her left ear is constantly repositioning itself as new sounds ping in the distance. Ren is trailing behind Cyphera with a package and looking like she hasn't really slept in about probably two days. She's got those bags going. She's a little hunched over. She's kind of shrimping. She forgot she's still holding her mug of coffee from camp. So even though they're in the middle of town, she's just sipping blearily. But she waves. Ren, Cyphera, Marathon. I don't think I've introduced you to our new associate. Marathon gestures very professionally down to the jolly jogger that comes up to her shins in its green little sweater. This is uh, sports. So say hi, sports. Thank you. Oh, They will be joining us for this meeting. Stars and shards. That's so sweet. I know. Right. I know. Okay. Serious, serious time. <clears throat> That's I think- I think we can accommodate another member. Did you replace Cassidy or? No. Anyway, so all business, all professional talk. Um, mm. Is that why you're standing so upright? You can slouch. It's fine. It's a weekend, right? Is it the weekend? Sorry, I hyper focus and I kind of forget what day it is when I'm working on stuff. But good news. It's done. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is exciting. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. We appreciate it. Marathon looks back at Birdie and sees her form is a little more slouched and is like, okay, yeah, yeah, relaxed. Yeah, yeah, we're good. No worries. I know we were meeting up here and all, but we probably don't want to do the test runs on the middle of an already very contentious street, but a field would do just fine. Yeah, I mean, we could go down to the beach 
That's pretty close, right? Oh, yeah, that worked great. The group heads to the edge of the lagoon down the street in a single direction. There's a moment of pause as the four of them and one jolly jogger pick which side of the boundary to walk on together before heading away from the cannery side of town and towards the more traditional fishing side of town and walk to the edge of the lagoon where there is a pebble beach strewn with occasional driftwood and debris wide enough to stay away from the water and still have flat ground to work with. Ren crunches out into the open expanse of pebbles and occasional seagulls making that terrible noise they love to make and hands one package each to her associates. Oh, you you wrapped them? Yeah. That's really sweet of you. That's just polite. It sounds good when you crinkle it too. <laughs> oh my gosh. This this is very satisfying. Okay, I gotta you you shouldn't have done this. Yeah, Marathon, you can go first. Okay, okay. Marathon opens it with the glee of a five-year-old at a Christmas gathering. Okay. Oh. What does it look like under the butcher paper? So Ren got Marathon's old skates. So Marathon unwraps mostly similar looking skates with additional ankle reinforcements, but the blade has this coating right along the edge that glows just a slight blue, even in the day. That's really the only change on this one. It's, it's my skates. They are nice. They're nice again. Thank you. Yeah, they've been, they're, they're going to be nicer when you try them on though. Okay, cool. Um, is there somewhere I should put them on? No, but Birdie, well, well, I mean, I can't skate right here, I guess. I'll, I'll wait for some ice or something, but Birdie, do you want to? Oh, no, you for sure can, actually. Yeah, I thought that was the whole thing. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I assume there would be big, bulky, techie things, no? Just some lights? Oh, no, but, well, what you gotta do is you gotta make technology slimmer at every opportunity. Or at least that's what I've <laughs> read in the ancient texts. Hmm. Okay, let me, yeah, just let me, uh, let me lace up. Marathon finds a piece of driftwood and sits down and sports jumps on top of the driftwood alongside her, just opening and closing their mouth as she excitedly slips off her boots and slips on her skates. Ren points at something on the outside of the ankle supports and says, there's a button right there, you can press that. Okay. It should depress and stay until you want it to turn off. Hmm. Okay, okay. Let me, let me just... <sighs> okay. Feel the hype, feel the hype. And Marathon closes her eyes and then reaches down to press the button on the skates. When the button is pressed, there is this sudden feeling of just ever so slight buoyancy. Almost like you're standing up in a kayak that you really shouldn't be standing in. Oh. And Ren starts walking circles around Marathon, just pointing out features of these skates. It's like, so, something the Earth does constantly uh, put out its own little uh, magnetic field. So really what these are doing, whoa, when they're turned whoa. on, is just repulsing themselves ever so slightly uh, to make you able to glide. Oh my god, I can glide on these rocks! Oh my gosh, I'm skating around. Marathon starts sliding a little bit forward. 
As Ren is describing them, Marathon has taken this step forward and almost instantly is gliding across to the other side of this beach over the rocks. This face of pure excitement as she gets the rush of skating again. Oh my god! It's like, it's just, oh, ah! And she skates all the way back to Ren and is grabbing her by the shoulders as these unstable skates are still moving. Oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I don't even, what, what the, what, what science? I don't even care. It's magic. It's magic. Oh, you advanced people, you wizards. Oh my God. And she starts skating off again towards the lake. Skates a little bit over the shore. Oh my God, over the shore too. And as soon as Marathon has stopped to turn around, showing off that she's on the shore, her skates start to sink a little bit into the water and whoa, whoa, whoa. Keep up momentum. Falls back into the water before launching back up, flipping her hair back and just skating forward again. Okay, that's all right. This is so, oh, I don't even know. I can't even, I, I my swear words would not do it justice. Thank you so much, um, Ren. This is the best gift that I have ever been given. So, um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, I'm glad you like him. Reward. You earned him. Uh, thanks. I, I would have made something for sports too if I, I knew about him. That's right. He can ride with me. She says, definitely not holding sports currently. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, as Ren is holding sports, Marathon just continues. Oh my, oh Mary. Ah, you're back, Mary! She's yelling all these things off in the distance, skating around. You guys might have just created a monster. (laughs) Nah, she's gonna do great. Oh no, I know she's gonna have fun. I know she's gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah, she said terrain was a problem. The world can use a little more fun. I'm happy she's she's having fun, and she's happy. Birdie, birdie, I'm gonna give you a ride on these next. Yeah! They do accommodate for that kind of extra weight. That's no problem. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, if you ever find yourself on Sassnack, you know, I could bet my one of my family members would want to ask you a couple questions. Anyways, uh, I'll open mine. Okay, I'm going to open mine. I'm going to open mine. She has, while Marathon has been doing this, loosened the ties from the bows that they were in to just being single ties, like how a kid does on Christmas when they know that their turn is next. And she just is like, oh, well, okay. And she's pulling off the ties and she tries to very gingerly unwrap the butcher paper from the staff. So what you have is it looks like a little more techno sealed mason jar filled with a glittery silver liquid. Ooh. I would not shake that too aggressively. Oh. Okay. So this is, this is a, oh, okay. Okay. And she's just pulling it, trying to watch the liquid move inside of it and just turning it upside down and right side up very slowly. It definitely lava lamp glorms a little bit. So, so, okay. How does it work? (laughs) All right. So I know you said you were having problems with your explosives deploying when you want them to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like like cooking a grenade, except you wish you could leave them there a little longer. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so basically this is a little bit of... It's salvage tech. I can't, Farrah, do you remember where we found this? Which part? Like which piece? The, the liquid. Oh, I thought you synthesized it. Well, if you're that impressed by me, we could say I synthesized it. I mean, you synthesized that. 
That's true. She's having point, a great time. Points to marathon <laughs> in a in wide background. shot. <laughs> in the wide shot. Oh my god. Birdie, just let me now win and I'm gonna scoop you up. Not? I can't shake that. Not right now. <sighs> we can't explode. So, if you, you keep making your devices just the way you're making them, but you make them with a real short fuse and you dip your fuse in this before you toss it. Mm-hmm. This is sort of like quantum entangled liquid. So, when you heat up this part, the other part's gonna heat up too. And, like, it'll run out eventually, but you got years and years worth of this if you use it sparingly and smart. Birdie's jaw is just slack, and she's looking at this jar that she has, and she's like, you mean, like, this is just, this is so cool. It's kind of like when two little atoms kiss, and then it's bonded forever. Mm-hmm. It's real sweet when you think of it like that. No, I love that. Like, her free hand is just flapping and shaking a little bit because she doesn't want to shake the jar. If Ren is standing somewhat close to her, she'll just use her f- free arm to hug Ren and be like, this is the coolest thing ever. Thank you so much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this so much. Obviously not around you, but I will be using this only for good. Only for good. And I appreciate the distance thing. Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely. All you'll need to do to heat it up, there's a switch and a dial. You crank that dial all the way. It says it stops at 10, but you can turn it to 12. You want it at 12, actually. Yeah. 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 Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, just be careful and mm-hmm. do not spill this. Very, very careful. No spilling. Got it. I will I will make sure of that in, in my brain. Thank you. You're welcome. This whole time, Slayfara has been pretty passive just because this is not her show and Ren knows the thing about the stuff. So Slayfara takes a backseat, but she watches Marathon having a wonderful time in the background. And yep, 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 yep sees the delighted expressions on both of their faces as they open their parcels and Sifera looks happily at Ren, proud to be with someone so talented and maybe feeling a little wistful knowing that her own skill set doesn't really lend itself well to making other people happy so much as the opposite. Check it out, I can do tricks! Do them! <laughs> Do a flip! (laughs) Okay, okay, okay! Marathon starts full speed at a piece of driftwood that's slightly curved. Five bucks she falls. No, I'll take that bet. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's just like the derby. Just like the arena. All right, you gotta roll. So this is a coordination or a athletics? I think it's coordination to do a cool flip on your anti-grav skates you're not used to. Yeah, I think it's hard difficulty. Okay. I've got three purples, two yellows, and one green. A success and a advantage. Nice. So describe your sick flip. So Marathon, as she's charging, we see her in slow motion. Things are moving pretty quickly. And then once Marathon hits this piece of driftwood, things move in slow motion. As she starts flipping into the air, she goes into a tuck as she begins to roll. And then at the height of her flip, extends into a full streamlined position before returning back into a pike as she prepares to land onto the rocks. And then we see time move back to normal as she lands and then kind of slides to a stop sideways. Hell yeah! That's right, Mary's back! Woo woo! <laughs> woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you! 
That was amazing. Thank you, especially to Miss Wren over here. <laughs> sure. Hey, uh, sports, you want to take a ride? Oh, Wren will hand deliver sports because she was definitely still holding him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And when she returns to Cypheria's side, she slyly holds out one hand for that fiver. Cypheria reaches into her pocket and pulls out several small crumpled pieces of yellow-green paper that just crumple together as she gets a whole fistful of them and peels them apart. And they have portraits on, like pictures of men's faces. And she holds the most crumpled, nasty-looking one out to Ren and says... You've earned yourself a small portrait, I suppose. Thank you for the bit books. I'm going to get that back. Maybe. You're not going to believe how many jelly beans I can fit in my mouth? Oh my god, how many? 42. 23. No, that's not enough. To be determined. How big are the beans? I'll let you pick them. All right. Birdie, let's take a ride. So the four of you and Sports the Jolly Jogger spend some time on the beach with your new gadgets relaxing in some of the tension relief of this exchange going well before separating back to finish up the tasks that you have before both of your groups are able to leave Glacial and go about your way. We see Birdie and Marathon walking down the beach and back towards where the rig has been parked. Oh my god, that was... This is such... That was so cool. That's, um, I'm still glowing. I'm still glowing. Oof. Yeah, I'm really glad that you had a lot of fun with that. She's just like lava lamping, like turning over this jar just to watch it make its little shapes. And she sort of hesitates and is like, you know, Marathon, I'm, I just, you know, can I ask you something? Oh, yeah, shoot. Um, What's up, Birdie? You know, I just, I don't. You know when, like, sometimes we're, like, messing around and I, like, I say stuff and you, yeah, I just, I joke around with you a lot and I think you take it seriously a lot of the times and I really just want to make sure that you know that I think that you're a really great friend and I, I really genuinely appreciate you. Oh, thanks, Birdie. Is this, this about your flashlight? Because I can get you a new one, so. <laughs> no, <laughs> Marathon! I I just mean like in general, like sometimes I like I'm just joking around and, you know, I, I don't ever mean it seriously when I like I, I rib you and stuff like that. Like I just it's just, you know, I see. OK, I don't know. No, I uh, I I I appreciate you saying that. I don't know. I don't I'm not. It's hard for me. I think a little bit. I've not totally understood the concept of ribbing outside of like, I don't know. It's like. Trash talk, you know? Like, it's like, it's all for fun and games. Okay. Yeah. It's like trash talk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like fun, fun banter stuff. And, you know, I just, after everything, I just, you know, I, I just, I hope that you know that I, I think a lot of you. Like, I think that you're. Oh, thank you. I think a lot of you, Birdie. So. Well, shucks. I don't know. I really have, especially the last couple of days, and it's been pretty tense with everybody. I've appreciated, you know, just being able to hang out with you and passing and stuff. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I feel, I really like our friendship. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate you saying that. And I, I, um, I'm not apologizing. I'm just, I'm new to the whole, 
I've not had friends like this before. I've had different sorts of friends and they it was, it was just it was different. It was it was worse. Yeah, it was worse, but it was different. So, um, well, I don't know. I'm rambling. I just appreciate I appreciate well, you. Yeah. No, you're it's OK. Thanks for your trash talk. Now that, <laughs> you know, not that I was dwelling on it, but I appreciate that it was out of love. Yeah. You know, I and you you deserve to have good friendships because you're a good person, Marathon. <laughs> ah, ah, thank you. Thank you. That's uncomfortable to hear. But Wh- why is it uncomfortable to hear? Uh, I don't know. Any, you want to go on another ride on the skates? <laughs> <laughs> if you're uncomfortable being called a good person, we don't have to talk about it. Yay. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. We could talk about it another time. Bum, bum. Uh, but well, if you didn't want to go for another ride, I don't know. I'm so I'm just excited to just skate around on these things a little bit more, you know? Yeah, you go. Um, You have fun. I'm going to kind of try and maybe rally. Uh, I don't know. Cassidy Wrangle. Oh, yeah. Cassidy Wrangle. Because I think that we should try and leave things off with Cypherra and Ren on a good note, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm probably not the one to... Oof, if we're looking at it as sides, I kind of took their side. So that's kind of... Yeah, well... And I, you know, I don't want to apologize to Cassie or anything because I feel justified in what I did. But, like, at the same time, you know, I don't want any of their... Yeah, it's... I feel like we could have those differing... yeah. You're the person to go. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <gasps> you stood your ground. That, that, that's good. That's good. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. Hey, thanks. You uh, trash trash talking you. You're. <laughs> Did you trash talk like this when you were in Ice Derby? No, it was way worse. Birdie, I don't think. Bert. I don't. Okay. I think friend trash talking probably couldn't match that level. You don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Okay, well, I appreciate you trying to protect my feelings. I I don't think you appreciate it truly as much as I could. I was vicious, Bertie. I was vicious. Okay, okay. sports, okay. Go. come on. Okay. Come on, little doggy. Thank you, thank you. Come on up. Okay, well, good luck, Cassie Wrangling. <laughs> and or Emma, Emma Soothing. Um, yeah, yeah, Emma Soothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Bertie... Yes. Um, thanks for being my best friend. And Marathon <laughs> skates away very quickly. Zoom. Glad to be your best friend. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. And Birdie's just going to laugh to herself while sort of just scratching the back of her neck and walking towards the rig. So as Birdie approaches the rig, what does she see? Emma, what are you working on? And has Cassidy returned yet? Emma is hunched over, sitting on a crate in the back of the rig. She appears to have finished sorting through all of the new stuff that was acquired. And the tables are once again clean and well organized. But the cockpit of the night has been opened and several of the panels from the controls have been removed and are lying across the knight's lap as well as one in Emma's lap that she's actively working on unscrewing wires from it and removing broken bits so that she can 
get the knight in a place where she can begin both fixing it and potentially upgrading it with the new material that she collected. Coming upon her, the pose she's in, she looks like she's been in that pose for a very long time and probably has not gotten up in a very long time. It's very focused. Uh, hey, Emma. Emma is still just working. Um, Emma? Birdie's just cupping her hands around her mouth. Hmm? Oh, okay. Emma looks up and in a move slightly too fast and then raises a hand up and rubs her neck. And finishes sitting all the way up. Looks over to you and blinks at the bright light coming in behind you. Sorry. Sorry. Hi. Hi. Hey. Uh, Hello. Sorry. I know you're working. Uh, yeah, no no problem. Yeah. I got the stuff. Marathon and I both got our stuff from uh, Ren. Oh. And yeah. What time is it? It's uh, like... I thought that was happening this afternoon. It is this afternoon, Emma. Oh. Why don't you drink some some water and have have some some lunch? Uh, yeah, that'd, that'd probably be a good idea. I I guess I got um a little distracted. Yeah, I mean that's fair. You're work, uh, you're working hard. Yeah. Uh yeah. Wa- water'd be good. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm paying attention, it's rather warm in here. Yeah, I'll leave the door cracked yeah. to let some air in, and Birdie's gonna grab some sort of canteen of water that's pretty near to her and bring it to Emma so she doesn't have to get up. <laughs> Emma takes it, smiling appreciatively, and starts drinking water. Off in the distance and closing, you hear the sound of the red motorcycle, which is not on its mount on the side of the rig. Ah, did Cassidy go out? Yes, I I do remember that happening this morning. Yeah, she left pretty early. She was going to go climb okay well she she gets like that if she has to be underground for too long so yeah i mean i'm glad that she let some steam out and then maybe got some therapeutic climbing yeah yeah it probably did wonders for her mood that's good that's really good because i was gonna talk to you guys about something possibly you hear the motorcycle pull up outside and stop yeah okay and cassidy walks in with her with motorcycle helmet tucked under an arm, looking really sweaty. All right, Cassidy, don't climb up. I'm climbing down. N- noted. I need but, to walk around Emma, a little bit. Climbing is so fun. Yeah, and I climbed <laughs> up here earlier, and now I'm climbing back down. Okay, see, you understand. Yeah, it's it was invigorating, but I can't feel my foot, so I need to go walk around a little bit. Okay, fair, fair. Cassidy drops down with a pile of clanks the pack of her climbing gear and starts putting things back in their storage places emma slowly stands up and kind of shuffle walks over to the edge of the rig not quite straightening her back all the way yet and then makes probably the uh incorrect decision to jump down from the truck and then sways and catches herself against the truck and then starts shaking out her left foot trying to wake it up (laughs) Birdie was just watching the two of them gauging when she could potentially suggest the idea of going to talk to Ren and Saifera before they leave and then started going to possibly catch or steady Emma. She probably wouldn't be much help, but she'd be something to break the fall. So she was just edging towards her, but she backs off when she sees that Emma has it now and is like, well, um, hope your climb went well, Cassidy. 
Oh, it was great. I did ooh, six or seven different routes, and then I had a sandwich I made for lunch, and then I did another couple, and then I came back because it started being hot. Ooh, a sandwich sounds good. You want me to make you one? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, of course. I did not realize how late in the day it had gotten until Birdie came. Yeah, and got me. Are you good with fish? Uh, sure. On a sandwich? Yeah. Okay, then, yeah, sure, whatever. Cassidy goes and makes smoked salmon, tomato, onion, capers, cream cheese. So, um, I just wanted to possibly ask you guys your opinion on something that we could possibly do before we left and before the, uh, advantage of people leave. Well, you are a member of the Patna, so you are welcome <laughs> to <laughs> talk to us without having a bunch of qualifiers. No, I know. No, I know. It's just like, it's, I know that it's like, it was kind of a whole ordeal and I didn't want to like resurface anything, but... I think that if we want to keep that, especially if we want to keep that sort of thing that we negotiated of having a favor that the Advantia owes us and having Ren and Cypherra be really uniquely qualified allies for us to possibly have, maybe we should go and just try and have an amicable send off before they go. And she's making the teeth-bearing smile. That's very awkward. Cassidy has the corner of her mouth tucked in, making the face of, mm. Emma just took a large bite of her sandwich. <laughs> and it's not so much to buy time, it's to just eat. <laughs> Cassidy sighs. Uh. Yeah, it's just an idea, you know? I think that they're good people. Argumentative, but good people. Argumentative and uh, differing views on technology from us, I suppose. Yeah. They wouldn't let us have the night for sure. I have weird <laughs> views on technology. They're surprisingly scared of it. Yeah, they're talking about how it's, a, it's the most magical thing going into a trove like this. <clears throat> There's cream cheese in my throat. One second. <clears throat> Emma takes a sip of the water again. The fish, honestly, they do a good job with the smoked fish here. It makes sense because there's a giant cannery factory, but also I have a lot of fish for the road. Yeah, it, so it it's very good. It, I just struggling to focus on more than one thing at the Fair. moment. I've spent Fair. all my focus for the day, apparently. Yeah, well, um, you haven't eaten since breakfast. <laughs> did you eat uh, breakfast? Um. All right. You're, yeah. You know, I don't think I did. I I remember you leaving. Yeah, I left. I don't remember pretty eating. close to sunrise. Oh uh, yeah, no, then. Maybe you heard the motorcycle. Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember you leaving because I was awake. Uh, oh, you... any, anyway, that's that's not important. Oh, um, <laughs> we're, we're not going to talk about my sleeping and eating habits at the moment. It's okay. fine. OK, take care of yourself, Emma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's talking about how it's a wonderful treasure trove and it's just the most magical experience going in it. And then they were terrified of every single thing of technology in that building. Yeah. And that that was really weird. Weird views can come from, uh, like, trauma, you know? I mean, I don't know, with, like, the Advantia, they're all, like, kind of woo-woo uh, about technology. They, they're, they like, simultaneously in this life-fearing sort of balance with absolute awe. 
I don't know. I think that it's kind of an unhealthy sort of view, but you know, I, I get it. I could see why, you know, as someone who kind of got screwed over by technology, it's, uh, and you know, explosives and stuff like that. People react in different ways. Like now I'm just, um, really good with explosives. Well, and I mean, honestly, I didn't even specifically try to provoke them, but the room was getting filled with foam and I knew we wanted to take a look at that thing. So I grabbed it and then it turns out they took issue with me grabbing it. And then it, I took issue with them taking issue. Why was the room filling with foam? Oh, I think they set off the security system because they something, something, uh, there was some kind of, I guess, AI being downloaded that theoretically Ren tried to stop, but I guess didn't if it possessed a pile of limbs. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Advance of things. Okay. Sorry. I got distracted by foam. You can continue. No. No, it's, I just, it's just how how it ended and i really think that that favor will help us you know cassidy shrugs i agree okay i mean i guess we did the work to get it right mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna be marked in the advances books as does not respect authority but you know susan met us <laughs> I I do not think there is anything new <laughs> that she would have learned. Yeah, that's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, those skates that Ren gave Marathon are How did you guys else. get? I saw your, I guess, glowy tube thing? My gloop? Yeah. yeah. So what does it do? So basically, from what I understand, I dip my little explosive in the jar, and that's like a remote detonator sort of thing. So if I heat up... The corresponding stuff, gloop, I'm just going to call it gloop, then it detonates the thing. So I can I can technically have, I now have access to less dangerous explosives for us to nice. set to go off. Yeah. And apparently this is like years worth of this stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. It's, All right. Yeah. I mean, I think that marathon skates are something else. Well, they are because you're not holding them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cassidy has a big bad joke smile. Emma takes another bite of sandwich. Birdie is trying very hard not to laugh, but she is failing a little bit. So I just, <laughs> I'm just, she, I don't know. She made anti-gravity boots. It's basically what it is. My, I mean. Like marathons flying around or? No, like, like, it's like if. She had, I don't know, she's basically able to, you know, like when you have the two magnets and they're on the same side and so they push off of one another. Mm-hmm. She's one magnet and the earth is the other magnet. And so she's kind of just able to like bounce off of any terrain and functionally skate on this. Interesting. Yeah. Seems useful and also fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she was like on water and stuff like that. It's really useful and slightly terrifying. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> one of my guardians tried to do that when I was younger, and it went really terribly. Well, adventure magic. I know I've always thought that Marathon just moved too slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was really something that we needed to work on. Mm-hmm. So... As the conversation wraps up with 
Emma having agreed to go be the peacemaker and talk to Ren. She finishes her sandwich first and finishes the container of water that she was drinking under the watchful eye of Cassidy and Birdie. And then she makes her way over to Ren and Cypheras trailer and peeks around to see if anyone's here. Ren has actually set up a little hammock that's attached to the back of the trailer on one side, but the other side is a little freestanding tee, basically, that got jammed into the ground real hard. And she's just vibing. She's just hanging out. Got a little sunglasses over her regular glasses. She does not appear to have prescription sunglasses. Got a nice icy glass of water, and her prosthetic leg is kind of just planted on the ground, swinging her back and forth a little bit. Servo is trundling, exploring, doing his little thing. Servo is rooting around in the mud looking for something. You've never actually seen him find anything, but he likes to dig little trenches and dirt when he doesn't have anything else to do. Emma, after poking around the front of the trailer and not finding anyone, she peeks around the side and sees Ren in her hammock, takes a fortifying breath and walks over. And she's probably about eight to ten feet from the hammock, calls out. Hey, Ren, you awake? Ren posts up just a little bit, and her sunglasses fall a bit off of her regular glasses. I am up somehow, despite working on those projects for about two days straight without realizing it. Same. I, uh, Cassidy and Birdie just made me eat a sandwich and drink water, but I don't think I slept last night either. (laughs) Well, it's good you got yourself taken care of. I think I've reached the point if I tried to go to sleep now, I wouldn't be able to come back around the other side. Yeah, that's kind of how I get to. I figure by sundown, I'll be out. But till then, I just don't know what to do with myself. Farrah said something about snooping around a lighthouse, and I was like, I don't want to walk up all those stairs. So I stayed here. Hammock <laughs> seems like a much better idea to me. So what's up? I just wanted to... Come and check in. Honestly, Birdie sent me. Oh, something wrong with her thing? No, no, she's she's very excited. Uh, Hun was telling Cassie and I how it worked. But uh, she had concerns about the amount of tension that we had when we left the facility. I'd say it's tenser than my normal day would be. Yeah, that's kind of how I'd define it, too. I suppose that's putting it lightly on both ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've, I've wanted to come and talk to you about it, specifically being the engineer. I was more interested in your perspective on it, I think. I mean, didn't really seem like my perspective's worth much the other day, but I'm willing to share it if you got time. I'm not trying to sound preachy. I just have concerns. You know, I think we've established neither of us is sleeping anytime soon, so I'd say we got time. You want another sandwich? Uh, no thanks. Not right now. Thank goodness. I did not want to stand up. <laughs> so, how's the stuff looking that you brought back? Uh, good. I've got it all organized. I think the a lot of the smaller pieces look to be what I need to repair the night from its epic fall in Iota. Yeah, it sounds like Cassidy fell quite a ways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's 
Uh, it, it's definitely seen better days. It's in n- not not the best shape. I'm not sure it would turn on right now, but I think all of the pieces that I took, I think, are going to be able to get it fixed at least to the point where it's up and moving again. I'm going to need more larger pieces to fix up the armor from all of those dents, but ah. I can at least get the internals working. Internal systems are always going to be a little more important than the external ones, especially if you can just find some galvanized steel lying around. You don't need specific parts. Yeah, it doesn't need to be as pretty or as specific. But it is nice when it's pretty. Yes, but also a lot harder to get it there when it's that large. I'm I'm concerned um, with what we found while our groups were separated that we didn't really get to talk about, and that's why I've been a lot more on edge. While we got separated, we found this little control room where the body of that thing came from, and I was in the middle of inspecting it. I hadn't quite cleared it yet. It was looking a bit sketchy when some of the systems turned back on, and The facility was trying to download an AI from the moon, Uh, and that was enough to make me a bit sketched out, because I don't know if this ever even came up, but um, I was sort of trapped in what what I would call myself a death house, an AI death house, where it systematically locked off me from all my companions and killed all of them but me. Um, Yeah, no, that that hadn't come up. um, I... I was trying my best to keep it cool. I've been developing a program to try and nip programs like that in the bud, you know, before it becomes a problem, because rampant AI is dangerous if it falls into the hands of people who think they can control it, or if they want to, or maybe... I don't know, it's like... (laughs) If a spider had human-level intelligence, right? Do you think a spider would want to do human things or spider things because I don't fucking know and I sure as hell don't want to find out when a spider eats my face yeah I'd assume you would probably end up somewhere in the middle of those maybe but there are things that spiders do better than humans and vice versa that's true they're very good at building webs your disposal to choke you to death on um but point being We had to leave the room in a bit of a hurry. Some security systems got triggered. I'm not sure if it was the AI and death throws or what was going on, because we just didn't have the time to look into it. But Cassidy grabbed the bits, and we very much so expressed that we, we hoped she wouldn't do that, especially in a more... What's the word I'm looking for? I know I use that plague sort of analogy in the heat of the moment, very grandiose-like, but if I could return to it for a second, there was a big, big sick that happened in ancient times, who really knows when, and people always thought it was the rats that brought it, but it was actually the little things living on the rats that brought it, and the pieces of machinery that were salvaged are, you know, it's hardware. But that could be the rat with the little thing left on it. And that is very scary to me. I've done a lot of learning about this, and I don't think I would have been as scared if I hadn't. And sometimes I wish I didn't know about it. But that is where we are. And I'm sure that everything's been checked over, and things did get very heated in the moment, and then we were all attacked. (laughs) And that certainly didn't help. 
but I'm kind of running on fumes right now, so I may be a little more candid than I should be. I don't know. But I want to hear your thoughts, because this is a dialogue. Yeah, I, I understand the concerns with the AI. I had asked Cypher about it because I noticed you were freaked out about it when we mentioned the night being briefly taken over before I got that killed off. And I, I asked about it, and the Cypher didn't say anything about it beyond that you'd, you'd had a run-in with some and you weren't too fond. But the, a murder house, that would explain that freako out pretty reasonably, I think. I thought so. But I guess the... The thing I don't understand is this is this is what y'all do, right? You go in, search out these troves of ancient tech and data and whatever else happens to be there. And when y'all were talking about it initially, we're describing how like how magical it is and how you, you never know what you're gonna find and it's it's you're you're unearthing history and it's this big grandiose adventure and then once we actually got there and I'd say got through the first door into the facility itself it it kind of seemed like that went out the window and everything was suspect and nothing was like everything was danger nothing was let's look at it and see what it could be repurposed for or used for I can understand that. And 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 I think that that's the that's always been my thing like I I want to understand how things work and I want to be able to take them apart and figure it out and put them back together or depending on what it is not put it back together but use those parts to build other things and continue to give I don't know give the give the hardware new life. But the the attitudes inside it just seemed very contrary to everything you'd said that you loved about your job before we went in. Well, Farrah's always been a bit more of a trove delver than me since my incident. Um, There is great beauty to be found in repurposing and breathing that new life into things, and I do, I love doing that, but it is so necessary in our line of work to be cautious or you might not walk back out of those troves. Especially just with the two of us operating, usually on a smaller scale, we have to be so careful. Because I can't lose her, too. I think she probably feels the same way. Judging from how she immediately went to your defense when the arm being came into the room. But I guess the, like, the reason I was able to disable it was because I was taking it apart and I found the kill switch. If we hadn't touched it at all, if Cassidy hadn't taken the torso and brought it with her it, the whole thing would have probably still come in because something in the security system woke up and I don't know it had some remote control energy wireless thing happening but I don't think that you leaving it in that room would have altered it coming to track y'all down after you left but because we were looking into it and I was figuring it out I was able to turn it off. It kind of got lost between the shouting and the worries in the the room. Um, I just wanted to look over the stuff with you, maybe show you where things went or different applications for the vetted and 
softwareless free items was my hope. Um, but, you know, everybody got very loud very fast. Yeah, I, I will say I know that personally I don't do well with being yelled at. Uh, I don't think anybody does. No, but I, I grew up with a lot of cousins, and I was the youngest, and there are a set of twins in particular that were girls about eight years older than me that when Cypherra was yelling at us, I was having flashbacks. And it, that probably did make me more obstinate than I would usually be. But I would have had no problem if you came over and started looking at it with me. I mean, Cassidy kind of... Put herself physically between folks, and I'm not like <laughs> physically fit enough to get through that wall of woman. So I'm, I'm just the glasses, you know. I'm the books. I'm not, I'm not very physically able, especially after my explosive circumstances. Yeah, and I. <laughs> This is easy to say now, looking back at it, but I think Cassidy would have let you pass. Of course, that that doesn't mean anything. That is not my read on Cassidy. No, man. Okay, so Cassidy has an issue with Cypherra. I don't think Cassidy has any strong opinions on you. I think if Cypherra had tried to pass you... Seems like she does. It's it's just because you're with Cypherra. It's because we're Advantia. Cassidy has the the obstinate thing more, more so... And I think probably the biggest thing that put her, raised her hackles up and got her given back just as much as she was getting from Saivera was just the being yelled at to stop on stuff. Like, I think if it had been a conversation, I, I don't I don't know what happened before y'all came in the room. Like, it's a lot. She, yeah, she, she brought it. She wanted me to look at it. So I was going to look at it. So I think y'all, it was charged when y'all came in the room. We didn't have a very fun time. So I don't know how successful that would have been de-escalating that in the moment, but... However, we all made it out. I'm never going back to that hellscape. Um, probably gonna tag it for additional eyes. But other than that, I'm happy to be well out of there. Yeah, I, I guess I just don't understand how y'all have drawn the line for what technology is cool and what isn't. Because, like, Cypherra took that tablet that has the scanning technology in it. Who knows what else is in that thing? She was totally fine bringing that out. No concerns there. That's because I'm actively looking into it because I'm trained to do that as my profession and vocation. Yeah, and I was actively looking into the hardware and I'm also professional and trained to do that. By the adventure. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, haven't had the best relationships with Advantia, not gonna lie. And I know Cassidy hasn't. But just because I'm not Advantia does not mean that I don't understand how machines work. It's, my issues aren't with machines, it's the programming in them. The line in the sand isn't so much a line as two little letters. AI. Okay, well, we killed it. And I'm not the one that downloaded an AI from the moon. I think Ren sees that this conversation isn't going anywhere on her end. With great, tired effort, Ren gets out of the hammock and it makes that squeaky hinge noise as it goes back and forth in the breeze. And she she puts one hand on Emma's shoulder and says, Listen, I can see that we both got positions and we're probably not going to be swayed. But 
If you would like to spend an afternoon, evening hanging out with me, I can show you some of my processes I go through for AI detection and quarantining procedures. If you do happen to find anything out there that seems a bit more dangerous than something beaming down from the moon, I would really like that, actually. It, is there something more dangerous than something being beamed down from the moon? <laughs> That's the damnedest thing. Who knows? <laughs> she says, looking with great consternation at the sky. Emma looks up. Or you can't see the moon right now, but it's up there. We both know. Yeah. Loves to hang out. <sighs> yeah, I, I would like that. Yeah, come on. I'll show you my setup. She leads Emma into her little workshop area in the trailer. As Emma enters the trailer with Ren under her invitation to learn together, we move on to Marathon, having skated quite a distance on her new gadgets gifted by Ren as she gets close to the lighthouse that sits on the edge of town. The lighthouse is a sturdy steel and glass building that juts sharply into the gray sky overhead. Is the lighthouse one that is open to people to just like walk up? The lighthouse has an observation deck. It's not very big. It's a widow's walk type thing, but the public is allowed up there. The lighthouse keeper's an old dude who mostly hangs out at the bottom, so... So Cypher would either be up on the Widow's Walk or if the Widow's Walk is near the top of the lighthouse and there was a higher ledge, she might have even gone one a little higher. She's wearing her poncho, so I think the poncho is rippling a bit in the back. And she's seated in such a way that she has her segmented staff. It's in more of an L shape right now with the bend of the L acting as an anchor for wherever she's sitting so she just has it there to secure herself more. The evening has started drifting towards dusk and Marathon's expended a lot of her excitement and energy traipsing around on these skates. And she comes to a stop at the lighthouse as a place to stop and check out because it seemed like a cool landmark that she wanted to go to anyway. And she peers up to the top to where the widow's walk is and sees this poncho blowing in the wind and gives a little smirk and bends slightly down, presses a button on her new boots and the blades fold up into the soles of her shoes and she slowly lowers to the ground and has to re-steady herself before starting to climb up the glass steps towards the top of the lighthouse of this widow's walk. And then as she arrives at the top marathon, pokes through the doorway to the open air and gives a slight knock under Cyphera, who is hanging out on this ledge. Hey, how's it? You got another another climber here, huh? Cyphera gives a small start but says, Oh, well, if it isn't Marathon Messenger. Hee <laughs> hee, that's, that's me. Yeah, Marathon gives finger guns. Yes. So you guys are heading out tonight? Tomorrow? I don't know. Something like that. I'll have to check with Ren, see if she needs anything else around here. Yeah. What about you? Uh, we are at the whims of Miss Leader Cassidy, so <laughs> I think. Well, no, I... Sorry, my pardon. I, uh, 
I assume Birdie and Emma have an equal say. That's fair. Cypher moves forward and allows herself to start sliding down to join the same ledge that Marathon is on. So she holds her staff and the third segment that's anchored in place starts to slowly stretch magnetically away from the rest of the staff, but it's still tethered tightly enough that it just slowly lowers Cypher down and then snaps back as she drops to safety and straightens up. You're so rad. (laughs) Pretty rad yourself. I saw you on those skates earlier. You're really cutting through the scenery. Mm, mm. These are so rad. Oh my gosh. Like, like it feels like, and we can see now in this like glow of the remaining daylight that Marathon's eyes go a little wild again and her hair is already this wild mess from rushing through the wind. It's just exhilarating to be, to be gliding again. Oof. Yeah, I imagine you probably miss it, huh? More than anything. Yeah. (sighs) Epic gift. Now you can skate wherever you go. Look at that. Yeah, I appreciate. Um, I uh, wanted to um, just like apologize for everything that kind of went down between all of us. I don't mean to start anything. I just want to my condolences that things went the way they did. She nods and she leans on the railing, looking out over the water again as the cool breeze whips against both of them sending Cypher's braid and poncho spiraling back. Thank you. I don't think that you specifically have anything to apologize for. I appreciate that you tried to speak with a voice of reason. Things ended the way they did. Can't go back and change it. Damage has been done if there is damage to be done. What's your next move, Marathon? Are you going with them? I don't know if I have... I don't know if I want to take any other choice. So, yeah, I guess so. Now, I don't know, it's it's, it's kind of scary, obviously, and, like, I'm still not super comfortable with uh, playing a part in death of other people. Um, kind of alluded to that, I guess, in a conversation we had a while back, but... Mm. But you know what? I would rather... The, these are the, the friends I'm making, and... At the same time, it's not something I can't handle, so... Sure. What do you want, Marathon? What are you moving towards? What's your goal? What do you hope for? Huh. Um, well, right now, um, just working with the Patna to get to this this treasure that's in... We're following a, a signal I got a while back. So I guess that's the, the next goal. Then Marathon plus treasure equals... I'll figure it out. <laughs> You're a treasure hunter, huh? I am now. <laughs> well, I guess I can relate to that. Well, if you're not sure what you're doing and you're just moving forward, you could always come work with us. <laughs> open, open invitation. Wow. Um, I don't... <laughs> Marathon rubs the back of her neck. I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily uh, intelligently inclined tech-wise for that sort of work. It's it's not about Marathon. I think you're plenty intelligent. You think I'm good with tech? I don't know a socket wrench from a screwdriver most of the time. That's what Ren handles. I handle other stuff. (laughs) 
you have a lot of skills. You can talk to people. That's true. You can find things out. Yeah. All the leads. Mm. Uh, I just... I need... I... I'm... I'm comfortable... I'm comfortable with... With the relationships I'm currently building, you know? And I can take a risk. I'm just... Still getting used to this death thing. That's all. That's all. That's my only hang-up. But... Otherwise, I think... You know, Cypherra, you and Ren have been so cool to meet, and I'm so glad to call you friends. Let's do the handshake real quick with the tree all trip up. You got it. Yeah, she'll dive in and they'll do the handshake happily. As they're doing the handshake, Cypherra says, yeah, I'm not trying to twist your arm. I mean, we're twisting arms right now. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not trying to make you do anything that you don't want to do. I just... It didn't sound like you'd, we're looking for options, so it's there if you need it, but <sighs> just be careful, Mare. I don't know. You said you're not one of them. You're traveling with them right now, but they have their own agenda, too. Everybody does, of course, but... Yeah, I just, just hope our agendas can align, you know? Sure. It's like, I haven't felt the way I feel about people or the way they've made me feel. I just... I haven't felt that since I was a kid with, like, kid friends, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Finding a place to belong? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. And Is that weird that my place to belong is with a traveling group of violent mercenaries? (laughs) No weirder than belonging to a group that secrets away technology or rides around on mechanical monstrosities. <laughs> the world's a, a strange place. We do what we can. We do what you have to do to get by. <laughs> I'm not going to judge. Just, um, I appreciate that you spoke up the other day. Sure, yeah, of course. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying, I don't know. <laughs> kind of landed, I think it landed me in hot water, but... Marathon, I, I think they need you. I know they need you. If only as a voice of reason when things are spiraling out of control, that's that's valuable. You were willing to stand up and risk displeasure of these new people who it sounds like you're building life with, and that's um, that takes courage. It's not something you should overlook, I guess. Just, you said Cassidy's the leader. It's clear that she cares about the Patna, And I guess at the end of the day, when you're dealing with life and death, that's what you want, most of all. And I respect that. And I understand bucking authority. Not that I see myself as an authority, but, you know, we hired you guys, so we're sort of... I was under the impression that the understanding would be things would be deferred to us to make those judgments before things were claimed wholesale. We don't have to get into it. Yeah, of of course. It's it's past. It's done. Mm -hmm. Just... It's it surprised me that the leader of the group was the one most obstinate and who most went out of their way to break the good faith of what was happening in my eyes. Well, let me tell you, um, as a former leader who was obstinate and went out of my way to break things, uh, that is not uncommon, unfortunately. Sure. So um, it's clear that she cares about you guys, if nothing else. Just be careful. Guard your heart, guard your body, whatever. Guard my heart? Oof, you sound like my Nana. (laughs) Well, I don't think I'm that old. No. (sighs) 
don't know. We tried to talk to her. We tried to talk to Cassidy when we were going around uh, yeah. for supplies, but she was having none of it. She's been extremely cold to us. So I don't I don't know. That's all right. But it's it's adventure. It's adventure. It's, it's adventure. I, I don't mean to harp, but just be careful. Yeah. And look out for each other like you are here. And Cypher reaches up into her hair braid and pulls a couple of the feathers out. There's a red one and a blue and white one and a black one. Oh. And she holds them out. You don't. Yeah. Thank uh, Thank you. I really appreciate that, actually. Yeah. It's small. But I don't know. When you, when you live on the road, when you're traveling, I think it's the small things that help you remember or help you remember people. Yeah. So even though this has been a little difficult and a little contentious... <laughs> I hope you'll think better of us as time goes on. Oh, for sure. I'm going to miss you, my my, my super fan. Marathon holds out for a hug. Dirt, don't remember me that way. <laughs> no, I was... She goes in for the hug happily. Oh, I was just joking. I was just joking. I know. Thanks for being a friend. Yeah, of course. <sighs> so um, you guys got to get a mobile radio set up or something. Do some broadcasting on the road. That's got to exist, right? Uh, I think so. Um, sorry. You know what? I just want to apologize. I was trying something new called, I like, Birdie was telling me about ribbing. I think I was able to do it before, and I'm trying to, like, just master the boundary, but I hope that was not too far with the super fan joke. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. But no, definitely. Radio on the road. Great idea. Maybe. <laughs> Does not sound like a Casty Emma or Birdie approved plan, but I can try. <laughs> well, they can make decisions, so can you, right? <laughs> you were you were talking about death, you know, taking life. That's um I think that's something that good people should never get used to. It's uh it's always really complicated. Well, we're not always good people. <laughs> That's... No. That's... That's that. Yeah. I'm trying to be better. Oof. The sorry. Things I, that we... No, sorry. I, I, it's hard for me to talk seriously sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Mm, I've noticed. Um, I think it's better when things aren't serious all the time. It gets too heavy. The world is heavy. We need that levity. That's why you should start the radio. Anyway. You want to ride back to camp? Marathon gives a little eyebrow waggle. I think I do. I think I would like that. Hell yeah. Don't drop me in the water. No, no. Uh, don't worry. I've gotten pretty good at this. Mm, I'll be your jockey. I have the stick and everything. Here, sports. Come on out from back there. Yeah, there you go. You want to hold sports? Holy crap. Where was that thing hiding? Oh, uh, behind the glass doorway. Not hiding too much, but they're pretty sneaky, this little guy. This little doggy. Here, you hold him. You hold. You hold him. He's not slimy with the sweater. Ugh, okay. Bridal or piggyback? Br- what's bridal? Okay, bridal it is. No, wait, what? What am I agreeing to? <laughs> and Marathon scoops up Cyphera into the bridal carry. Okay, down the stairs. And as she gets down the stairs, she clicks the button with one of her toes on her other boot pops out the skates and zooms off back towards the camp. Yeah! Cyphera does her best to not whack Marathon on the butt with the stick to make her go faster. 
we see as Marathon begins to skate back towards their respective camps, carrying Cyphera in front of her, and Cyphera is also carrying sports in a very similar pose. The sun is beginning to set, and after the groups have split up for the evening, Ren and Cyphera prepare to depart Glacelf and head to their next mission. What is the last thing that we see of these two? Ren and Cyphera are loaded up on Servo, who is tethered to their trailer, everything packaged together as they angle themselves to begin traveling back on the winding roads to their next destination. We see them trundling past where the Patna is currently situated. We get a shot where they pause for a moment and Servo comes to a halt, the momentum bobbing them up and down, and they look over and raise their hands in farewell. Ren is seated on the big old saddle behind Cyphera this time, but they obviously have a belt strap between the two of them, so she does not fall off when she invariably does fall asleep. But she blearily blinks over at the Patna as they're to a halt, and it shakes her awake just a little bit. Ren and Cyphera, you can see that these four mercenaries that you had been working with are gathered around a fire, eating their dinner as you prepare to leave. Cassidy raises a fork with food on it in the direction of the adventure before continuing eating. Cyphera, we can see there's a quirk at the corner of her mouth, but she holds her hand up in a little three-finger salute and slices the air from her forehead. Emma, from where she is kind of slumped over, eating her dinner, seeming to fade at about the same pace that Ren is, looks up when the noise of Servo stopping catches her attention and makes eye contact with Ren and waves her hand and it could be a swipe right or it could just be like a very sideways wave. Ren is so bad at left and right sometimes she forgets which is which anyway. Emma doesn't want to fully commit to it because she's not sure if that was just a weird modem and Wyatt thing or if that's actually a legitimate adventure thing. Birdie just grins really big when she sees them coming towards them and she's sitting on the opposite side so that she's able to see them approach and she waves really big with both arms and accidentally hits Marathon who she's sitting next to and she's like, Bye! As Birdie bumps Marathon, sorry, she finally looks up from her plate and realizes what's happening almost as the Advantia has passed them and frantically sets her plate down and gets up, waves after them and is chasing after just a little before stopping and continuing to wave. Oh. Ren does a very sleepy wave <laughs> so with sweet. both hands. <laughs> Because she's safely buckled into place, so she doesn't need hands right now. And she shouts back, Marathon, I saw you coming into camp. You're not going to steal my wife that easy. Yeah, I I haven't even tried my moves yet. You could always save them for Cassidy. (laughs) Who said that? Who said that? (coughs) Emma starts choking on her food. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? (coughs) Emma, what are you you doing? (laughs) Who said, who did say that? Indeed. Hmm? (laughs) hearing the patina rib each other ren and cypherra you ride forward on servo into your next adventure as the sun begins its way down towards the horizon and the end of another day hey ren yeah 
Susan's going to shit when she hears this. Oh, probably already shat about it. It's fine. I'm going to go to sleep. Good night. Welcome back to MTR 1153. That was just the end of today's broadcast, and we'll be right back to the music after this little break. The particulars of the subsequent can be found in the show notes. This has been A Night of Shreds and Patches, an actual play podcast using the Genesis game system from Fantasy Flight Games. The show was edited by Sydney Whittington and features the talents of Allie Nesbitt and Kira Nesbitt as Ren and Cypherra. Allie and Kira can be found on their show RPG for You and Me, a duet actual play podcast. Their website, rpgforyouandme.com, has tons of art from the show, character bios, custom setting rules, and more. You can also find Allie and Kira on Sounds Like Crows, Terminus, and the Night Shift podcast. Not to mention Allie Now Helms Dark Matter Magazine podcast. You can chat with Allie on Twitter at UCTheHat and at RPG for You and Me. But Kira is accessible through the show's Patreon-exclusive Discord, found at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. Kit Adamus as Birdie. Kit can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Venus Vultures. Kit is also a voice actor for Elevator Pitch Podcast, a queer genre-hopping anthology podcast that can be accessed on Spotify and YouTube. Penn Van Batavia as Marathon. She can be found on Twitter at Acquired Chaste. Penn is an indie TTRPG designer whose most recent work includes Our Us, an intimate art relationship tool for two, and Unjustice, a dark drinking game set in a violent alternate West. Check out fair other work at penharper.itch.io. Sydney Whittington as Cassidy. Sydney can be found on our Discord server, which is linked in the show notes, and on Twitter at Sydney underscore wit. She's also a contributing editor for the Orpheus Protocol, a cosmic horror espionage actual play podcast. Cameron Robertson as Emma. Cameron can be found on Twitter at MidnightMusic13 and on Instagram at Reading underscore and underscore Dreaming. Cameron is also a player on Tabletop Squadron, a Star Wars Edge of the Empire actual play podcast. And Nick Robertson as Narrator. Nick can be found on Twitter at Alias58. Nick is also the GM for Tabletop Squadron, which you can support at patreon.com slash tabletopsquadron. Nick can also be found as a player on the Orpheus Protocol. This podcast features the musical talents of Dora Violet and Arnie Parrott. You can find Dora at facebook.com slash doraviolet. You can find Arnie at atptunes.com. The official artwork for this podcast was created by Rashid Alroka, which can be found on Instagram and ArtStation at RashidJRS. You can follow the Patna on Twitter at Akasap underscore podcast or visit the website www.akasap.com. To further support the show, consider joining the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Akasap where we'll be bringing you weekly content, including bonus episodes, campfire conversations, and other fun rewards. Until next time, signing off.